Hi, today is July 23rd, 2022. Welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at thetagame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast. A future podcast should not be considered financial advice. Uh, I have stock positions in PayPal, uh, Costco, and AMD. Thank you. All right, it is 8.49 p.m. on, what day is it today? Saturday. Uh, just got back home from the beach. The beach was super hot. If you ever needed to believe or needed a reason to believe in global warming, you need to go to the beach uh, sometime this week. It is excruciatingly hot. Uh, just got done with a shower. I ate uh, a salad with a sesame dressing from Costco. If you have not had that dressing, it's like really good. It's really high in calories though. Just like watch out. But it's like it's super bomb. Uh, and also I had some pot stickers and then I had some tortilla chips and I think later as I'm coding, I'll have a bowl of like special K with the milk that's left in the, in the jug. Uh, I have to say I did pretty well with using everything that I bought from Costco because one of my main reasons why I canceled my Costco membership a long, long time ago was that I found that I just wasn't finishing the food that I bought just because it was just so much. But like I'm like really, 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 really trying to actively use everything that I buy. And um, yeah, I, I can effectively say that I definitely ate everything this time around. So like that's a little pat on the back that I'm giving myself. And uh, I also do have to say that um, my stepdad is going to his doctor's appointment uh, on Monday, which is great. And I just got off the phone with both my stepdad and my mom, and they're both in high spirits. They're watching a movie called Saving Zoe or Save Zoe. It's on Netflix. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> it, I, hearing my parents just watch a movie is just, it, it's just music to my ears. It's like the best thing I could hear before I start podcast just because I know that everything is fine. My mom's not like panicking or having anxiety attack or in the emergency room and my stepdad's not like, you know, in bed already and having trouble sleeping or, you know, not thinking about the pain and all that, all, all that negative stuff that I've been like, you know, kind of dealing with them lately. But right now they're both watching Netflix together. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, oh, and they also, uh, because they're both diabetic and this doesn't really make a difference, I'm sure. But they found a sugar-free ice cream that is a po- supposedly a Klondike bar. So Klondike makes this like sugar-free or low-sugar alternative. So this is dedicated to you, Major, because I know you're 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 on that keto that keto grind. But um, yeah, so they 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 have that ice cream now. I might try it uh, just because um, I don't know. I could use healthier alternatives this next shopping trip. Because I've definitely uh, treated myself. I think I treated myself mainly because of that ridiculously difficult move um, that I had to do from my one bedroom that I was previously living in into this one. So I kind of splurged, I kind of spiraled, but you know, getting into groove of things, I think I'm gonna get back onto my caloric schedule. I'm currently weighing 155. I weigh um, uh, 150. Uh, after jujitsu, but I'd say like walking around, I probably like weigh 153. But after I eat, I'm 155. 
for those that are like, oh, Junie, you, you know, it's, you know, being healthy doesn't uh, equate to knowing your weight. Weight doesn't really matter, you know, as long as you feel healthy and all that stuff. It kind of matters for me because I kind of have to make sure that I don't go against, you know, those huge jujitsu guys. Uh, I'd rather go with people that are relatively uh, the same size as me if I go into a competition. Um, and I'm just like so inadequately prepared for competitions, but I just always want to keep that thing ready, aka like my weight. I want to just keep that ready and be able to join whenever I, whenever I muster up the courage to go again. Um, but yeah, enough personal things. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into earnings. I might dabble in some uh, personal stuff at the very end, but uh, yeah, I don't want to. I want. I want to make room for today's episode because I actually have uh, quite a bit to talk about. Okay, talking about earnings. So I did some of my homework this week. Um, I did. I did a little bit of it on the stream. So I had a little bit of time to uh, kind of prepare for today's podcast. So it's going to seem, a l- this podcast episode is going to seem a little bit more high quality because I took time to like really like write things down, which is what I would hope I would do if I ever did this full time. Like I would love doing this stuff. But uh, yeah, in this economy, it seems ultra omega scary. So I will not, not be going that route anytime soon. Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe I strike it rich, uh, with Costco. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, of course. So, um, this week, Netflix reported, uh, and I have a few bullet points here that kind of, like, summarize, uh, the Netflix stuff. So, uh, Netflix reported better than expected subscriber count, uh, for the second quarter. Um, but that doesn't mean that they got more subscribers in the previous quarter. So they were very, very, you know... They are very strategic this time around. So earlier in the week, um, or you know, and sometime before the earnings call, they were like, "Hey, you know, we think that you know we might have lost two million subscribers." And then boom, when earnings come around, they say, "Hey, we only lost a million. And then you can see how that could be like a big brain five head moment where it's like, "Hey, tell the entire world that you're doomed and your curve is curving to the downside." And then, you know, on your earnings call, say that, you know, oh, you know, we're not doing as bad as we thought. And that could be seen as positive news. But that's like just one of the reasons why the stock ended up going up, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, there's all these types of things that a company could say or do. So kind of how like, you know, Apple earlier in the week was like, hey, you know, there's gonna be economic downturn or hey, we're gonna slow hiring. All of these companies can say these things whenever they want. And it's perfectly legal. And so you have to understand that these things are illegal and you have to understand that these are some of the risks that you take when you invest into any sort of company um, in that sector. And I'm talking about like tech in general, like tech is known to make big announcements like these. Tech is definitely more, um, say, dangerous to invest in or more risky to invest in than, say, a cyclical, I don't know, like something like 3M that just makes supplies and stuff. But um, yeah, really just think about, you know, what can happen. If you want to play in this playground, you got to play by the rules. And some of those rules are that some people can say things while, you know, you can definitely say all you want on Twitter or any of your favorite social media sites. But companies are also allowed to kind of say a lot of things in their own right, in their own realm. Like they can't obviously say, hey, we're going to take this private to 420 or, or so, something like that. They, you can't effectively do that unless if you're Elon Musk. But there are 
things that companies can say that can really, really alter your position. And you just be wary of that during earnings time, especially when, you know, economic climate right now with uh, people doing hiring freezes, hiring slowdowns, layoffs, all that bad stuff. So just be careful. Don't get too bullish too soon. Don't get too bearish. You never know when the, um, the sentiment will shift. And you'll get really, really hurt if you buy puts at the bottom. So at any time, make sure you're just not all in. It's very easy to say, but it's very hard to do. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, so point number two for Netflix. Netflix plans to launch an ad-supported sub-tier or a subscription tier in early 2023. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal because they were previously really against uh, an ad-supported sub-tier. Uh, and I don't know how to take it. So obviously with the stock price going up, shareholders think that it's positive revenue for Netflix, but you have to think that this might be like the ultimate cash grab and like grasping of a final straw. Um, you know, I guess an ad supported sub tier kind of works better even for me, like uh, if it was like marginally cheaper or maybe it was even just free um, for some special stuff. I don't know. Like I, I never watch things and if it is, it's on a second monitor or now I guess it's just on my TV. So I, I wouldn't mind ads because I don't like pay attention to them. But like I'm usually the type of person just be like, hey, you know what? It's just like X amount of dollars. Let's just do it. Like, I don't have time for ads. But um, for something as luxurious as this, but if I'm gonna buy it for my parents, yeah, I'm gonna buy that non-ad supported version. I guess it's just more customers in the window, and maybe make the ads annoying enough where you make me feel like I want to upgrade. I don't know, but that that's just something coming in early 2023. Um, so they lost about like a million dollars in global subscribers. Um, the Asia region, uh, their growth, so Asia's growth in numbers of subscriptions. Uh, offset the losses for us and europe so 1.3 million accounts lost in the us and 800k lost in europe but check this so asia's growing really fast and uh 1.1 million subscribers were added uh, in the asian region uh and then latin america was pretty flat so you know i I'm starting to see some parallels with just like what I've been personally interested in. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, I'm Asian. Uh, I, don't, I've, I don't think I've like ever mentioned that in the podcast. So, whoa, there you go. Um, and uh, yeah, there's this new movie on it. This is not sponsored by Netflix by any means. I just decided to do my homework for one particular earnings because Netflix uh, really tanked the last quarter's results. So I just thought I'd pay more attention this time. But anyway, um, there's this new uh, movie. Wait, hold on, let me let me try to remember so I'm not just guessing. Okay, boom, I just needed to type it into the search bar in, uh, on Chrome. And uh, the movie's called Incantation. Uh, it's a horror movie, It's very. it looks very, very scary. Um, I don't get scared easily, but like, you know, there's like this like meter of scariness uh, and I don't want to just say, oh, yeah, just look it up. It's not that scary. It's, it's to some people that this is probably horrifying. I, I just don't want to, like, trick you into looking it up. So if you're, like, super scared of things, like, just don't search it up. But 
movies like that, uh, movies in another language um, that like attract you know people in Asia to subscribe. You know, it's like movies like Squid Games. You know, like the Korean smash hit or. Uh, this movie here, this movie looks super sick. I see all my friends sharing on their stories in Kentation um, on Netflix. And uh, yeah, it's right up my alley. I love horror. Horror is my favorite genre. Um, loved it since I was in like middle school. I got introduced it by my biological dad uh, with the movie Saw, which is still my favorite horror series of all time. It's trash horror. It's 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 like the most gory thing ever, but like the plot is so so convoluted, so many twists, so cheesy. But it's like ah, I just I just love it so much because I remember watching it um, the first one on my own, just on my laptop in high school, and I had a blast. Oh my god, so many twists and turns, and I was just like losing my mind as I was like I was like under my covers. Uh, watching it like before high school the next day because my dad gave me the DVD for it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. I didn't know movies could have plots like this. Oh. Um, and then I got hooked ever since. So I've, I always make it a thing that I always just watch the next one. I will pay for it in the movie theater or I will pay for it on DVD if I just don't feel like going to the theater. But I will watch it ASAP. I don't like wait around and wait for it until it's free um, like I do with a lot of movies. So I'm not a normal movie watcher. I don't know why I keep getting to tangents, but like just to, you know, wrap up that last point, um, we Netflix. I, I said we. A lot of uh, Netflix's lost subscribers were from the U.S. and Europe, and then because of the growth in the Asian category, Asian region category, or Asian Asia region subscriber count going up by 1.1 million, that offset a lot of what was lost in the U.S. slash Europe region. There was an interesting point that I aggregated or that I found. Um, I saw that Netflix guided that in quarter three, which is the next uh, earnings, uh, that they will add 1 million users. Um, so this can be looked at a few different ways from my point of view. Um, number one, uh, this definitely means that something big needs to happen to get the, the people to sub back if they're looking for people to come back. I don't know if they're just like targeting like just people that haven't signed up yet and giving them incentive to sign up. Like who knows, maybe they do some like free trial thing that's like, hey, try it out for an entire year or something or try it, I don't, I don't know. But like you can see how that can be like kinda, not fabricated, but that can definitely look like they added one mil. Maybe they do a super long trial period where you where the credit card is mandatory to sign up for the trial. Um, I don't know, but this can also mean that they just suspect that there's gonna be a boom in Asian um, subscribers, right? Like if uh, Asia Asia region subscribers are you know. Um, subscribing at a really fast pace, like 1.1 million was just added last uh, last quarter. Um, then maybe you know they see less people unsubscribing in the U.S. and less people unsubscribing in Europe, and then Asian um, the Asian region carries them with that one mil added um, uh, guide point or guidance. So definitely different ways that they can hit that new addition of 1 million users, that would indicate that um, they would also be on track to continue growing their subscriber numbers. Like for example, they said that they were gonna lose two mil subs, but they only lost one mil. 
So if in quarter three they gain one mil, then the honestly the trend lines for their subscriber counts just gonna look flat for this time being. And then we'll see for quarter four, do they guide for even more? Uh, and then you will see that this is just an uptrend. There was like a blip in like um, in subscriber count dipping down one time because this is also the first time that their subscriber count has gone down. So they're aiming to make the subscriber count or yeah subscriber count graph go flat for this next quarter, and then maybe we'll see if they'll guide up or not. But that's also TBD. So another thing uh, that I saw is that Netflix increased revenue. Uh, but the market uh, thought that their revenue would have grown higher. However, the stock price did go up. Uh, Netflix uh, beat earnings per share expectations. Um, and then lastly, Netflix guided up, or they had like very positive guidance, but the, um, the market expected more. So they expected like their EPS targets to be higher. They expected their revenue targets to be higher, but um, they weren't, at high enough. Uh, Netflix guided up, but just not high enough. Just another blurb here. Netflix lost 200K net subscribers, which has never happened before. And that was in at the end of quarter one. And Netflix became open to having an ad-supported tier, which they were originally very against. So that's why I reported earlier that they wanted to launch an ad tier. And that idea started stemming from the end of Q1. And I also have this bullet point here that says not all content on Netflix will be ad supported. So you will have to subscribe to watch, I guess, like the premium stuff. Um, but you can subscribe to an ad supported tier for a cheaper price that you can watch the, I guess, less premium stuff. Microsoft also got a little bit of news. Um, Microsoft is to be the technology partner for the advertisement business for Netflix. So. There is some sort of partnership there too. Uh, Microsoft has, al has also been doing some partnership stuff with uh, Datadog, so that's very interesting. Uh, kind of curious to see how that's panning out, just how um, how much they're like playing a role in that or like what they're doing. I just know that they have a partnership. I don't know exactly what for, if maybe Microsoft is just providing like Azure services to Datadog, or if Datadog is providing analytic services to Microsoft, I have no clue. But um, yeah, just see, just seems really cool that Microsoft is really getting out there and trying to stay relevant. The last bit of Netflix news that I have for today is Netflix during quarter two earnings, uh, which was the earnings this week, announced an agreement to acquire Animal Logic, the animation studio responsible for the Lego movies, Happy Feet, etc. In terms of the deal, aka how much they're spending uh, to acquire Animal Logic, uh, was not disclosed. So there is going to be some sort of, um, I what what would this be considered? It's not capital expenditures, but is this like like negative financial cash flow? Um, you know, I'm not sure, but I don't know where acquisitions go in terms of you know Yahoo Finance. If any of you know. I would love to know if you if you want just like uh, email me at Junie at ThetaGain.com and just be like hey Junie this is the link uh, I attach a screenshot and I circled where the uh, where the number for the acquisition would be or where the acquisition number would be included uh, and I would really appreciate it but otherwise I'll eventually find out and I do appreciate you um, listening <laughs>
Okie dokie artichokey. There were, uh, or there was one more earnings um, th this last week, and uh, I really do have to say, I was severely disappointed. Uh, it, they reported on Thursday, and just like, you know, back to back, just no real surprise here, Snapchat has been doing not so hot. They've been doing really, really bad. And, um, there's just something. There's there was something just so obvious about where Snapchat was headed, that I feel like I should have just seen it coming. Um, you know, I am pretty bullish for like new technology. Like I really, really want it to stick, and I really want it to do well uh, in any capacity. Like innovation is my jam. Like if you take the time to really try to innovate and you're really good at it and you just put your passion soul into it and you really try to make it work and you you're I don't know, you're just passionate about it you, I, I don't care if you fail like that's cool but like dang drones and camera and sunglasses is not the move like snapchat is is dying and the fact that they tried to like um, call themselves like a camera business, like that's definitely not the right move, brother. Because uh, I just don't imagine myself wearing it. And some of you might be like, well, Junie, you're a millennial. You're not a Zoomer. Uh, I hang out with a lot of Zoomers. Uh, that's because I do jujitsu. And there's like a whole bunch of like middle school kids sometimes, there's high school kids, uh, there's college kids. Uh, there's like young working adults, there's old working adults. We have people of all ages and no one, and I mean like no one that I've talked to has like even like thought of the spectacle. Like I say like, hey, have you heard of like Snapchat spectacle? And they're like, what, is that like a filter? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and then like the drone thing, dude, anyone that wants to fly a drone is not gonna buy a Snapchat drone. It's like, if you really want to, like, record, like, you know, videos for you to, like, uh, do really cool shots, you're probably an outdoorsy person, or you're, like, someone making trailers. Like, I'm not saying, like, movie-esque trailers. I'm just talking about, like, you know, cool scenic shots. You're probably just going to want a regular drone that holds, like, a camera of your choice that has your SD and all that stuff. Like, you probably want a nice one. And um, doing like direct to, to consumer hardware uh, that's really innovative like this is really hard because like you need to make it like for the general public but you're also trying to make drones for the general public and not the general public doesn't really like drones. Like the idea of drones is pretty cool but they're like noisy, right? Like it's really annoying to hear a drone uh, and I it might sound like I'm nitpicky but like there's a reason why Snapchat was so sick because it's like you just open up your phone and you have Snapchat on your phone and it's like it was a novel idea, you know, taking a picture and have it disappear. And uh, that was cool. Like high school flirting, high like college flirting, like those days, that was cool. Like I really enjoyed Snapchat. But um, what I think Snapchat needs to do right now is like, dude, compete with TikTok to the best of your ability and lose on that pedestal. Like don't, like stop leaning into the hardware stuff because you're just burning money at that point. Like I, oh my goodness, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. 
Um, and then they they are um, what what is it? What is the, what's the what is that? What is that they said? Um, uh, the the Snapchat said, and this according to because I'm reading off the website like word for word. I don't want to I don't want to say that I said this or that I saw them say. It. I'm just gonna say CNBC said this first. Um, the very last sentence here. Uh, Snapchat said it didn't provide guidance for the third quarter because forward-looking visibility remains incredibly challenging. So they're they're just like xing out all like guidance, Ugh, and that's not good, right? Because they're a big tech company, um, and you know a lot of their uh, revenue comes from ads. And if they say like, hey, you know, people are pulling back on ads because ads are you know, really frivolous when you need to buckle down and make sure you stay alive. You don't necessarily need more ads, um, especially if you're doing like really well. Uh, but dang, it is, it sucks because Snapchat is a huge company, but their type of model is just so different compared to uh, like Facebook. Cause Facebook has Instagram, Instagram, you like scroll down on your feed because you want to keep in, you want to keep track of your friends and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you'll get, uh, you get sponsored ads, and it seems very natural. But for like Snapchat, like a lot of it's like on their like explore page, and if like, dude, people don't like switching out of apps like all the time. Like as lazy as we are, or as um, we like to be really, really lazy. So I can't imagine that someone wants to open Snapchat, Instagram, uh, and TikTok, right? It's probably like Instagram and TikTok, or it's, you know, uh, I don't know, Snapchat and Instagram. But, yeah. And like I was saying earlier, what, what I was saying is about, like, when I should have, should have seen this coming, is, like, I was so not feeling the spectacle or, like, the whole shift to, to like, Snapchat being, like, a camera company. Uh, just because... TikTok is really, really, really leaning into the AR space. And if that's what Snapchat's trying to do, it's it's game over, brother. Like your users are on TikTok and making TikToks uh, like AR models stronger and stronger day by day. Cause I'm pretty sure, and this is just an assumption, right? Like I'm, I'm assuming that these companies aren't, you know, taking a full advantage of like this large user base. Whenever you use a filter, you're like training the models for, um, you know, their AR to be better. So more the more times people use like a face filter, the better it technically gets because it forms to your face and your face, your your actual face is probably not track, but you know your features of your face like it's converted into dots on a two D plane and it trains like a model of like different shape faces just so like this filter of this really like I don't know like if you put on what was one of the first, like a fat filter on or like uh, this like eyelash filter on that the eyelashes just aren't like super huge on like a really small face that like trains to be like really small and really small eyes or whatever. So yeah, I can't imagine getting bullish on Snap. Um, though, you know, I think the past Junie has really, I, I'd say it's still the current Junie. I'll still I'll still say this is that I think there are so many great companies to invest in that it's just not worth being bearish on a particular stock. What I just went over now about Snapchat though is just like man, I saw it coming. I didn't talk about it enough. 
but that's okay because I don't need to. I don't need to be that fintwit guru that calls everything correctly and all that stuff. But man, wow! I like. Yeah, I feel so passionate about this too, and that's just because like I'm in the AR space for like my day to day. So yeah. And speaking of, I guess AR, I'm also kind of interested just seeing how Unity is doing. Uh, that's cool. Uh, and then anything else AR related before going? Not really, not really. Anyway, so yeah, I want to talk about Snapchat. I want to talk about Netflix. Netflix went up. Snapchat Snapchat went down, and that left a pretty bad taste in everyone's mouth for Friday. And then now we're heading into this weekend, and then. Next week is like is crazy. Uh, I mean, this is perfect segue. So next week, um, on Tuesday, we got Microsoft, Google, UPS, Coca Cola, General Motors, uh, Visa, uh, Texas Instruments. So Texas Instruments will lead the way for semis. Um, just kidding. I take that back uh, because semis already reported through Micron and TSMC, which both did. Well, Micron didn't report well. TSMC did. Um, and then we'll just see Texas Instruments if they report well. Uh, Visa will be huge. So we don't usually care about credit companies. But this time, with just the economic stuff, we want to know if transactions are still high. That would be a super bullish thing for e-commerce companies. Like You would see um, uh, Shopify go up, Amazon go up, uh, maybe eBay go up. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, much like transaction volume for Visa, for UPS, you're going to want to see if their business is still doing well. Are people still shipping things? Are people still ordering things? Like that, that sort of news is really good. Um, on Wednesday, there's Meta, uh, aka Facebook. There's Ford, Shopify, Boeing, and Qualcomm, as well as Teladoc. So the only reason why I kind of like kind of like mentioned Teladoc at the end is because I think Kathy Wood invested in Teladoc. Don't quote me on that. Just look it up, and if I'm right, uh, I'll fully take credit for that. Uh, otherwise, if I'm wrong, then I never said that. You can't prove it. Uh, Thursday, um, the twenty eighth, there's Apple, Amazon, Roku, and speaking of Roku, I just bought a Roku TV. It's perfectly fine. I can't appreciate TVs. I just don't know what it is. So I just got a Roku TV because I knew. It'd be easy to use, and God bless Roku. Like it is really easy to use. Uh, there's also Tilray, Pfizer, uh, Intel, Valero, and Altria. It's going to be super interesting to see how Intel reports because of the bipartisan bill, the U.S. chip bill, that is going to be basically, I guess, today's topic episode or today's episode topic. Um, seeing how they report, they're basically holding off on building their Ohio factory. Uh, because they probably want to write that off for the massive manufacturing uh, part of the U.S. or Chip Plus bill that is about to get passed. Um, because Nancy Pelosi and her husband are heavily invested in Fed stock, um, uh, or in, in Nvidia. That's you know, and the U.S. Chip bill about to pass. It's like it's like a whole thing on Twitter. You you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, and then. It's just seeing how weed is doing with Tilray might be interesting. I don't know. Weed stocks were definitely like 2019. Like, you know, eh. Uh, it's like boring now. Uh, Valero is super cool because gas prices have been super crazy. I just want to kind of like look at 
USL right now real quick. I just want kind of want to see what USL stock. Where where are we on this thing? Definitely on a downtrend. Definitely cooled off from the highs, but definitely consolidating too. So uh, let me just see Valero stock right now. I would also imagine Valero is pretty high, but also just consolidating downwards. Valero stock, where are we, where are we at? Yes, I mean, it follows USO just like verbatim. And then I'm guessing Chevron's like that too. Chevron stock. Uh, yep, took a massive spike, definitely consolidated. It's now consolidating at a support level. So Valero and Chevron definitely just follow the price of oil. Uh, then on Friday, there is ExxonMobil, uh, there is Chevron, AbbVie, and uh, Procter and Gamble. This week on the thinking.com com website updates, uh, no updates right now. But what I am working on is making the inputs for inputting a trade just a little bit more um, uh, vibrant. Is not the right word. Restrictive is also not the right word. I want to make it so that when you make a mistake, it's more obvious. That's like the best way I can say it. But there's maybe a word for that, but I can't find it right now. So working on that, right? Uh, working on that at the moment, and then um, just want to say thank you to all those that wrote in positive things about the price stamp uh, that I implemented last week. It's one of those features that, like, you know, I worked diligently on for like one full day, and it's just like one of those coolest features on the website that like really stands out. And then you know, people even write in and say like, oh, you know. Uh, didn't even know I wanted this or hey, this is one of the one of the most, you know Innovative features in a while and you know because a lot of the stuff that I do uh, is like UX related like making sure your life is easy because of this But this is like a genuine feature that you can really really tell um, and it's gonna Be helpful for when you look at a trade in the past you're gonna see like wow, you know if I did it hold on to this Maybe I would have been okay um, Or you know, maybe you look at a trade. and It's like wow you know, I should have bought more time on this. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Um, I really enjoy the price stamp feature. Uh, I'm gonna enjoy um, my users making less mistakes when inputting trades. Um, and then we'll see where we go from there. Okay, uh, today's episode is me just kinda talking through uh, the Chips Plus bill. Uh, originally called, I think, the US Chips bill. Um, but they're like tacking things onto it. And when you, when I say they, I'm not going to talk about Republican or Democrat. I don't, I don't care. Just uh, people have been adding on to this bill because it's it's a pretty sizable one. They just want to get like some, some things in there. So, you know, as this gets passed, other things kind of just like pass with it. Um, where do I start? So I thought it would be helpful if I just talked about how a bill becomes a law. And trust me, when I when I said those exact words, I know everyone's like, "House of Rock," right? Like everyone, everyone's everyone say that. I had to like step really far or roll really far away from the mic so I didn't blow out your your car speakers. But anyway, um, there is a song. Uh, I think it's called Just a Bill. I, I, I watched it. I literally watched it to get like a general gist, but then I ended up watching another video because it's not entirely correct. I mean, it's a three-minute song that like repeats itself like three times, so of course it's not going to have all the information in it. 
But uh, it did have a good picture or a good high-level like overview of how, what happened. So for a bill to become a law, uh, it starts as an idea, and then it goes to like a local representative, whatever that means. I guess that could be like a governor or something, um, or someone to represent it. And then it goes to uh, the House of Representatives. It goes to Congress. So Congress is made of two parties, and that's House of Representatives and the Senate. The House of Representatives is like, um, if you're a huge state, you get a lot of House of Representatives. Uh, what I've seen through, through this, some of the articles that I've been reading is just like House of Representatives is basically like per district. So if you're like a huge area, you have a lot, you have a lot of districts or something. Um, so you get that type of level and then the Senate is like one per state so you can imagine like you get equal representation for like how many people are in your state oh and that might be what House of Representatives actually is just like based on population there's there's so much so many layers in all this I'm really trying to give you just the general gist so it goes from idea to a representative and then it goes to the Congress which is made of two parties which is the House of Representatives and then it goes to the Senate and then what I read is it goes back to the house for final approval, especially if there's like things added to it or if there's stuff that just needs to be delegated or deliberated on one more time. And then it gets signed by the house and then the vice president and then it finally gets to the president. So there's like a lot of steps and I think that's the, I guess the main gist. Um, but things I've learned in this like, this flow diagram that I kind of like have and this like, uh, Microsoft Paint thing that I like drew for myself is I had no idea that Congress was House of Representatives and Senate. Like, I just thought Congress was a thing. Like, the House of Representatives was a thing and the Senate was a thing. Like, I'm super bad at this stuff. Like, I I failed, like, A-push, like, so bad that, like, I switched classes to, like, the non-AP version. Like, I just could not do it. I was like, hey, I'm putting my UCLA, like admission on the line like i just i just can't do this i cannot do a push i'm good brother um yeah but by the way didn't end up going to ucla uh went to uc irvine um but yeah i say everything happens for a reason and my sanity and my happiness in high school was definitely worth it so um learned that congress was the house of representatives and the senate um i imagined that the president would have the final say the president can veto it i didn't learn that but you know that's just a thing that I thought I'd mention. Um, but yeah, so with that flowchart in mind, uh, it would just make this all make a little bit more sense. So I aggregated some news for this chips plus bill. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm about to burp and I don't want to burp while I speak. So I'm just going to pause right now real quick. Okay, I'm back. Um, I don't know where I was. So I'm just going to read what I have for you here. Um, I, I did some more homework, and I aggregated some data for the CHIPS Plus bill. I have here in summary, uh, the U.S. semiconductor manufacturing market share uh, fell from 40% in 1990 to 12% today. So in 1990, we made 40% of the chips worldwide. Uh, and now today, we only make 12% of the chips. Uh, and then there's another bullet point here, um, a whopping, 
Uh, 100% of the world's uh, most advanced logic semiconductors were manufactured overseas in 2019. Um, the source of that is semiconductors.org. But you can see how that's a huge issue. If the most powerful chips that we can ever build are built 100% outside of the United States, that's a security concern. Uh, say, for example, NVIDIA, AMD, and Apple all make, get their chips made from like a company called TSMC in Taiwan, and Taiwan gets you know, invaded by China, and that's like a huge you know, war. Then suddenly China has access to all of our chips, all of our blueprints, all that stuff, and they're in charge of our manufacturing. Like, you think that's going to be like a fair thing? And so you know, this Chips Plus bill, is, uh, its purpose is to bolster... Uh, our U.S. semiconductor companies uh, because this recent chip shortage that sent graphics cards to the moon uh, was a huge wake-up call. Like, uh, if these, you know, Chinese supply chains are backed up, uh, that's, like, that's our problem, right? They, they can kind of just build them as slow as they want. I mean, sure, they want to increase their GDP. They want to make sure that their exports are, you know, doing really well. But really, like, if we need the chips, um, it's not like they're really going to care more than just like, hey, yeah, we'll get it done quicker. Or they'll just say things, but you never want that. So we're bringing uh, manufacturing back into the U.S. where uh, uh, Intel is most likely to get the like the majority share of it. And we'll kind of go into that a little bit later. So then on Tuesday night, um, the Senate which is, again, after the House of Representatives, um, voted to advance the $52 billion Semiconductor Chips Plus bill. And so on Tuesday, uh, Congress advanced the Chips Plus bill, or AKA Senate said, uh, let's vote it into existence. And um, it should be going back to the House for one last sign-off and then uh, off to the vice president to be signed, and then off to the president. Um, $39 billion uh, goes to the semiconductor industry uh, to build, expand, or modernize domestic facilities, and $11 billion uh, goes to research and uh, development, and then on top of all of that, an extra $2 billion more uh, to help other areas of semiconductor industries like... Um, education, defense, and future innovation. So with that in three parts, there's 39 billion for the building, expanding, and modernizing of facilities, 11 billion to research and development, and two billion for like education, defense, and future innovation. The 11 billion for research and development was like put in there to like ease uh, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, and AMD because I mean, they felt this was too biased towards Intel, who's basically building chip factories in Ohio, and they're waiting for this bill to pass so they can use some of that $39 billion uh, in this Chips Plus bill to build those factories. So they have everything prepped, they're ready to go, they're ready to build the foundries, um, but yeah, they're definitely waiting on this to pass. This is also like the beginning of what I consider some of the biggest news for like partnerships in the semiconductor space. Um, just bringing this back up, but um, a while ago, like I'd say 
like maybe not like a while like earlier this year definitely sometime here let me just let me look it up this is this too I mean I, don't, I also won't butcher, butcher it okay yeah so back in March this came out March 23rd um, there was something in the news that was pretty big so Intel is building these foundries Intel has been waiting for the chips bill to pass and all this stuff and it's finally passing so you're gonna start seeing this headline pop up it's NVIDIA would consider using Intel as a foundry. As you all know, NVIDIA and AMD uh, both use uh, the Taiwan's uh, semiconductor uh, foundry in Taiwan, which is you know a part of the reason why you know our market share of manufacturing has gone down so much, and why this bill is passing. So, if you know maybe uh, Nvidia and or Intel can get um, you know write-offs for selecting a domestic partner to make chips then you know that's better margin for them or those savings can be passed on to customers and you know that's probably a good thing lastly uh, just to kind of talk about you know the elephant in the room uh, Nancy Pelosi and her husband uh, bought into Nvidia like a week before this chips bill went into voting. So you have to think that like, wow, does she have like the uh, the cutting edge of news and whether or not it is fair that she gets to use that information, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna like pretend that I know what's right or wrong. Uh, but wow, yeah, I think this has gotten a lot of attraction from just social media in general. It's gotten a little bit more attraction than, you know, when it usually happens. Because this isn't the first time that she's done this, right? But this is, in my experience, from just the many times that she's done things like this, uh, this is definitely the time where I've seen it made the most fun of. Because I guess that's just, you know, how social media, you know, copes with things. Is like we make, we make memes out of things. And uh, I definitely see a lot of memes about this situation. Uh... So yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. If I had to bet, uh, I this wouldn't really play out to anything. She'll just keep doing it, make money off of it. Uh, just, I don't really see this going anywhere beyond just like Twitter memes and Twitter tweets that are sarcastic and uh, or maybe some are really passionate and really want some reform in, in terms of this trading. But really, I mean... What's insider trading and what's not? Like, if you mm, is it insider trading? Are you really on the inside? I don't know. You kind of make the laws. Like, you should. I, I, man, I don't know. Like, you, you should still be into investing, into be able to invest in things. But if uh, it's just, it's so divisive, right? Like, a lot of people are like, oh, you should not be allowed to trade. But like, you should be able to be able to invest. And then people are like, well, you shouldn't be able to invest in things you talk about. But, like, what if you already had a position, okay? Well, Nancy Pelosi didn't have an NVIDIA position. Well, like, you know, you don't know how many things that she's involved with. and But maybe she just felt really strongly about this chips or this semiconductor company at this particular time. And it's really hard to prove intention, too. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm so wishy-washy on this. It's like... Yeah, she's making money, and it's not like really harmful. But like, I can I can see that being unfair. But it's like, 
I don't know. I wouldn't like lose sleep over this. I think there's like a lot of like worse things that are happening that you can put that attention to. But maybe that's just like capitalist Junie that just wants to see the world burn because he loves seeing people make money. I, I don't know. I don't know what this all is. I don't know. It's just... How do you fix something like this? Like, how do you, how do, you do it? Do you, or do you have to, like, hire, like, Saul Goodman? And then you guys gotta... You, you just gotta do this, like, huge lawsuit and, like, hey, I was shorting NVIDIA because I thought the chips bill was gonna not pass. And then she goes and she buys NVIDIA. And then this tweet bot that tracks her that she doesn't even authorize to like track her tweets out something and make the stock go up. you see what i mean like if no one knew about what she was buying i don't think this would be a big deal but this is kind of like schrodinger's cat or schrodinger's stock trade i guess is like if she didn't do it like does it really matter or like if she did do it even but if you know about it does it matter oh i'm like losing my mind <laughs> But that's that's what happens when I when I'm allowed to record all by myself on Saturday night uh, with a diet coke. Um, yeah, I mean it's fun. Um, I'm gonna end the episode there. Sorry for wasting your time with that last rant, but I mean, yeah, I felt I was really prepared for this episode, and I think there wasn't enough like random rambling that I got it out of my system by now. But that 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 that's about it. So I just want to <laughs> give a quick shout out to my patrons here. Um, they are here. Clickly click. Uh, Pocket Change of Really, Mike D, Slow Motion, Jay Z, and Symmetrics, Past Your Bedtime, Empty Cans, Mods, Norco, Royal, Mitch Brady 7, Upstream Puddle, Commander Turtle, GJ Wilson, BJ Kim, Statistically, statistically Random, Mr. Integrity, Drevy, Island Bell, DJ Mac 86, Noel, Vlad TC, Mallman 1856, M8, M. Hayden, Mr. Sneezy, Metal Dun Dum, Ground Pound 95, Lil Jetson, Fancy Wolf, Max Strike Meg Fly, Seneca, Memet, Chicken Dinner, Arfman, Lord Skeletor, Laser Reservist, The Jester, Kaput, Rustier, Shifty, AG, Beta Ray, Elfinko, 4RT, Caving Money, RL, and Ensis88. Wow. Um, easy stuff. I'll start with the easy stuff. Today I had a golf lesson, and wow, I, I really needed one because I felt like I've been just like kind of just doing it by feel, and wow. I went there, really nice golf instructor. And um, she was just telling me everything that I was doing wrong. And I was like, wow, yeah, I am definitely doing this wrong. And so things I have to look out for personally is like not looking up too quickly. Like I have a tendency to like want to look at the ball like right after I hit it, which kind of like makes my stroke like not, not accurate at times. Um, I'm too stiff uh, with my right wrist at the top of my backswing. Um, and then I'm not uh, pivoting with my hips enough. But uh, I have to say that my chip game is very strong. Like chipping, I feel really confident at. Like really, really confident at it now. Not that I'm really good, but I feel like I'm in a really good spot to like really practice it well. Um, not so much on like my full swing with like a seven iron. So like I still can't hit the ball straight or, you know, at, like, hit the ball every time. Like, hit the ball, or I miss the ball, like, completely. Like, one in, like, maybe, like, eight 
nine, ten shots. So I, I consider that still really bad if I can't just like make contact with the ball every time I swing. So just doing that slowly. Uh, it's fun. Uh, my friend group here in SoCal is starting to pick up golf, which is different from when I picked up my three clubs uh, and went golfing with my friends in NorCal. Uh, so it's, it's going to be fun now because I now have a purpose to golf in both areas. So I don't get like rusty uh, or not too rusty. Um, uh, for golf so um, I also plan on fully keeping golfing a secret from my NorCal friends so when I go back to NorCal they're gonna be like wow you haven't played since you came back huh and I'll be like yeah and I'll be like you wanna play you wanna play 18 holes and then winner gets lunch or something like I'm, I'm trying to do a full hustler mode I'm trying to go Denny's I'm trying to go to Fisherman's Wharf Old Fisherman Grotto I'm trying to get that clown chatter bowl um, all that good stuff uh, what else? Uh, bonsai. I have been so, so into bonsai. Uh, I could talk your ears to death just about all the different strategies on how to get a trunk thicker and the science behind why a tree stays like small and like when you should repot things, but like also like when you should let things grow. Like there's so many different things in bonsai. It's crazy. Bonsai is just a miniature tree and it's super cool to see what people make bonsais out of because you could really make a bonsai out of anything you could take any tree in your backyard essentially cut a leaf or a twig that's like alive basically like a nice twig and then plant it in soil and it'll start growing um and some of you are like well that's cool i mean yeah if you want to wait a million years and have it like grow into like a really misshapen tree at one point but like that's kind of the point is like you make these like trees into your own style and there's a way to make the trees look really like really cool like i'm really into very big trunks like i can respect when someone's grown out their bonsai trunk really well and to me like before it just looked cool like when you see a trunk with a large bonsai you're like wow yeah that's a bonsai plant but that takes a long time and I think I'm ready to start that journey where I want to, now that I know how to do that, I'm going to do that. And then my goal is keep it long and alive enough to, so I can pass it on to one of my three daughters, probably the oldest one, as I forget her, uh, as I raise the youngest one and spoil the youngest one. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> like if any of you are listening to Daddy's Podcast or Appa's Podcast in the future, um, uh, Appa loves all three of you equally. Um, and it's just a joke I, I, you know if you've listened to, to this all, all the time I'm like I want kids so bad but I could also wait I don't, I don't really care um, here we go uh, what else oh this is the biggest news of all the shirt plan is back on I got hit up so finally it's the other way around because I'm always like hitting up the other person for the shirt stuff but I got hit up for the shirt um, and there will be a skate jam is not going to be the skate jam that was originally going to be um, planned. So it's not like a street version of the skate jam. Um, it's uh, not going to be Carnage. Uh, rather, it's going to be uh, called like Terry Jam. I, think, I don't know if that's going to be the final name, but there was a person uh, that's very close to uh, the Teen Center. Like he was very, uh, he's like the manager for a really long time at the Teen Center. Grew and in, grew into like some 
sort of like uh, city council. Like he was just a well-loved person. But he was always known to be the guy to be like, yo, get out of the skate park if you don't got a helmet on. Like quit being stupid. You know I'm here. Like get out if you don't got a helmet on. Get out. And he'd like always kick the kids with the drugs in the skate park out. And like he'd always like, you don't got a helmet on, you're, you're out. Or if you're sitting down and you're sweating and you know, if you're warm, hot, and you take your helmet off, well, you gotta sit there with your helmet on or you're gonna kick, kick that. Like he was that guy. That guy, his name was Terry. And he passed away in December. And uh, although he made us all wear helmets all the time, very annoying. It was very, yeah, it was it was very annoying. But wow, and, you know, at when we grew older, we started appreciating just what he was doing for the community. Like if you, like I imagine now, if I had a kid, I would want them to wear a helmet. I would want it. I would want um, want it to be a cool thing to for kids to wear helmets. I think it's becoming a lot more of like an accepted thing. And some of you are like, what, what, why don't you just skate with a, with a helmet on? Like, you know, don't care about other people. But skating, there's a lot of peer pressure, okay? Like, you know, you, have you ever been to a skate park, try to skate, and then like, like a group of like really good people show up and then like, you know, you're just like embarrassed to like try to like work on a trick or you're, you barely know how to ollie, so you just don't want to like embarrass yourself. So you just like kind of sit there and watch. Like there's, there is like an entire ecosystem of just like <laughs> there, there's stuff that go on in the park that's just like no one talks about it's just a rule and that, that kind of goes in like all different hobbies but um anyway terry was just that man he's very old uh i'm sure very loving i never knew him on a personal level but he was i definitely knew him on like the authoritative level when i was in high school he would tell me to put my helmet on all the time um and a lot of other people a lot of my, my other friends um but yeah, he passed away in December. Super sad. There's a memorial for him. Like they, like a whole bunch of people in our city went to uh, to celebration of life in the city's park. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually not from a huge city. I don't want to even call it a city. It's definitely a town. Um, so that was cool. But anyway, there's gonna be a skate jam in his honor. It's called be I think it's gonna be called the Terry Jam. And I asked if there's gonna be a graphic for it. Um, and in the answer, he said, like, not yet, somewhere in there. So it's like, maybe there will be. So I'm kind of waiting on that. Uh, it's going to be in October. So what I think I'm going to do is actually I'm going to visit my parents in October. I think that's the plan. And then I'm going to go to the Terry Jam in person. And then maybe that's like the first YouTube video, you know? It's like, Beta Gang gives back to the community. And it's just like me passing out um, skate like wheels and um you know like maybe judging like a trick or something or like a you know best trick contest like that'd be so sick <laughs> um yeah i have to say like with my parents being sick uh you know i would always say like wow you know if my parents wasn't weren't sick my life would be perfect i also did say like man if i didn't have this long commute to work my life would be perfect and it's like I'm, I'm always finding this like one thing and then my life would be perfect i'm i'm starting to slowly realize like right now my life is just perfect i can't ask for anything more especially right now because my parents are both watching netflix and just chilling like yes and then they were both sounding happy they were they were you know calling me you know cuss words uh in a joking way of course that's just like how we that's how we um 
show affection. We just joke around, we laugh, we, we do that stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, can't ask for anything more. Giving back to my community feels super nice. And I'm not talking about like my college or things I did in college. I'm talking about where I grew up. Like that feels super good. Like my my mom has been going to uh, church, which is something super new. And I don't talk about religion in this podcast, but because it's not really based on religion. If you don't care about God, if you don't care about religion, I don't care. It's okay. Like I, you do you, and I respect all that. And I still love you. I hope you still listen. But my mom's been going to church, um, and then she's been taking home like this like care package that they've been like packing up for her because like she's been feeling like, sad and stuff. Uh, but now she's like getting really, really better, which is of course because I think my stepdad's getting more sick and my mom's getting, like filling in that responsibility role that she's been missing because, you know, I don't need to be taken care of and, you know, she's been in a limbo, but she's finding that role again and then, but I can't tell her that because that's like woke, you know, like I don't want to, we'll break the, break the good stuff that's happening. But anyway, she's been getting these care packages and, you know, maybe the next one, maybe the next shirt is like me um, like running the next food drive uh, for that church and then it's like because what that church does is like they they literally um, they have a huge parking lot and they just are in the parking lot and they have these bags of food ready to go and all you do is you walk up or you drive up and you take this like really big packed full bag of food home for free you could be the richest person in the world. You could sign up and you could just take, take a bag. And I uh, thought that was really cool. That definitely did not exist uh, when I was a kid growing up. But I thought that would be something really cool to support. Um, but yeah, Skate Jam, definitely in my realm of like interest because I know how to kickflip now. I still don't know how to tray flip. Um, but I fully plan on getting that in October or whenever I go back. Um... Yeah, I think that's it. I'm gonna cut it there because this is ending on a high note. This is very good. I just want to remind you all to definitely call your parents, definitely call your parental figures, or if you don't have any of those, definitely call your friends. Just check up. Don't be the friend that never checks up, but always gets checked on because you know you always want to reciprocate that. It's like a good feeling, um, and uh, that's something that I've been personally working on uh, because a lot of people check up on me, but I don't really check on other people. And I say that I'm busy to myself, but I know that's not true because I'm not busy enough to not check in on them. I also believe that you should take care of yourself. You know, you don't want to like check on like every single person that you've ever met in your life. But, you know, check on your favorites. You know, you say you don't have favorites and check on one random person. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I can't promise that the next episode next week is going to be like fully fleshed out like this. I'm really proud of myself for being able to uh, aggregate this sort of news for you all. Um, if you know, I did this full time, I would love to do this, like I said. But that will come at a later time. I'll see everybody next week on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Maybe next next week we change the time, but I don't know yet. Um, and then uh, if I don't see you next Tuesday, 7.30 Pacific time on the Twitch live stream at Real, uh, Real Theta Gang, I will see you on the next podcast episode next week on Saturday or Sunday. Thank you so much for listening, and bye-bye.